Welcome to Trek Tuesday with interviews from every Star Trek generation. And today, a conversation with Admiral Forrest himself, and that is Vaughn Armstrong, who's played more aliens on Star Trek than any other actor and is known for playing Admiral Forrest on Star Trek Enterprise. Here's our conversation from a convention floor towards the end of Enterprise's run. Admiral Forrest. We've kind of missed Admiral Forrest this season. Uh. Yes, we have. <laughs> they never call, they never write. It's a horrible thing. Have you heard any word about him coming back at all sometime this year? Yes. Uh, well, this year, no. The, the third season is done shooting already. I'm um, told, though, that he will come back in the fourth season, if there is a fourth season. And we hope there will be. Is there speculation that there might not be a fourth season? I don't know all the details. The, the ratings for Star Trek have been in decline now for a while. There's a question of whether or not there will be certainly a fifth season. I think they will do a fourth. Uh, personally, I think that it would be a shame not to go ahead and continue it through the seven-year contract because then they will have all that product to use forever. And they will show forever. Thank God. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Admiral Forrest, one thing I noticed, maybe I'm, this is what I pick up from him and, and Archer. You know, being that Archer's father is no longer around, that in a way, Forrest is kind of like a father figure to him. And Archer's kind of like his son that doesn't always obey and do the right thing. That's exactly what I think about uh, Admiral Forrest, uh, though I'm not sure Archer is supposed to obey, and I think that's why Forrest chose him because he is human. He's spontaneous in a very human way and intelligent and kind. So Forrest picked him because he, would, he knew that he would respond in a correct human manner uh, with the aliens that we are newly getting to know. So he wanted to have a very human man out there sharing the wealth of humanity with them. Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. I, the episode that I think that really stands out for me is the episode about the, when they were like essentially showing the right stuff to test the first warp engine. Right there, he kind of put Forrest in a very awkward position and just how that was resolved and uh, the brief tension that was between the two of you was pretty neat to watch. I love that episode. Uh, first Flight, I think, is the one you're referring to and got a chance for Admiral Forrest to show a lot of different sides of who he was. He got to be the uh, drill sergeant who was... Uh, ragging out the guys that disobeyed and he got to be the old soldier who was uh, commiserating with the younger guys in the bar and he got to be the stoic father figure as well like you say and we saw a lot of different elements of Admiral Forrest I, in fact I was hoping that that and the following episode which was I think The Expanse was an indication of how they would be using Admiral Forrest in the future but uh, doesn't seem to be. They did say to me that they would be using me as a lot of different foreheads in, in this season, but I knew Admiral Forrest would not be reappearing until the end. I don't think he's... In fact, I know he's not going to appear in the final episode uh, of the third season because it's over. They've shot it already. But I'm told he'll be back in the fourth season. With all your Star Trek appearances, starting in The Next Generation, I mean, you've been on every Trek series, uh, and it's every a, a, a possible alien you could have been, even a Borg, an ex-Borg, and then you were Borgified in the episode in flashbacks, and then you actually you were in the last episode of Voyager. You've actually been a part of a lot of the major events in Star Trek history by your portrayals. Thank you. I'm actually very proud of 
that uh, record that I hold as having more different foreheads than anybody <laughs> who speaks. Anyway, Bill Blair, as you know, has done quite a few uh, roles as well, but uh, I, I don't think all of them have been speaking roles. I've been very lucky. They've been very kind to me for the last 15 years. I was a Borg. I was two of nine, Seven's older brother. I was uh, the first incarnation of a, a, a Klingon with a forehead in The Next Generation. And that was fun to do. Got to play a very sensitive Romulan, which is rare. I've, I've had an eclectic experience uh, being many different characters. I hold the record with 11 different ones, and I'm very proud of that. I had hoped to do 100 before I died, but I, I better hurry because it took me 15 years to do 11. I did like your sensitive Romulan very much. And in Voyager, which has actually now just been released on DVD, a lot of your performances are now on DVD. Have you had a chance to see some of those that way? On DVD, no. Uh, I did, what do you call the little special events that they have on a DVD? That, uh, commentary. Uh, commentary. I, they just did an interview with me about 10 minutes on the DVD set, which I have not yet seen. I'm sure as heck going to buy it, I'll tell you that. If they don't send me one, I hope they do. I also enjoyed a portrayal you did on Babylon 5. That was on season 3, where didn't even have a name. It was security guard number one, part of the infamous Night Watch. You and Zach and uh, also Jerry Doyle's Garibaldi were, were uh, actually more with Garibaldi. You were butting heads. I mean, having the experience of working on that franchise, what was that like compared to the... I mean, they're essentially families, they're the Trek family and the Babylon 5 family. What was that family like to work? They were very nice. I must say the gentleman who impressed me most as I walked on there is Jeff Conway was a very nice guy, but uh, one of the men that I, uh, I did not have any scenes with was Rick Biggs, who, Richard Biggs, who was the first man to walk on the set directly up to me and shake my hand and welcome me aboard. He said, I'm Rick Biggs. It's really nice to have you with us, you know. And since then, we've become very good friends. I, I did a play with him some years ago, uh, Tracers, about Vietnam veterans. He comes from a military family, and I am a Vietnam veteran. So we sort of struck up a, a kinship have stayed in touch ever since. It's great. You know, serving in the Vietnam War, I'm sure you have a ton of experience, and that could be an interview in itself. Years later now, uh, what kind of settles in your mind about the whole experience? I don't think you can be in a, in a war zone for a year and not have lingering questions about uh, what was right about it, what was wrong about it. What settles in my mind more than anything was, I don't know, I think it is the... Uh, endurance of the Vietnamese people. They were so kind and they used such humor to get through day-to-day -day life. Um, excuse me. That's, uh, that says it all. That says it all. No, I understand. I understand. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's something to be commemorated about your background. We have Veterans Day coming up, Memorial Day weekend coming up soon. So I uh, certainly remember those who didn't come back from all the different wars. So it's, uh, yeah, that must have been something. God bless you for that, and uh, congratulations. It's good to, uh, I mean, that's great to hear something like that. That's very inspirational. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. I mean, I tried not to go, but they kept saying they wanted me, so I went anyway. You know, <laughs> see that war is very fresh in my memory. You know, I lived through that whole experience, and I registered and all that. You know, like I, and I would have not preferred to go if, if my number came up, but and I did what I was supposed to do. 
and there was a lot of people at the time, it was kind of cool not to. You know, it, it did make me grow up in a hurry, because I don't think people can understand what it is to live in a poor country that's been at war unless they see it, the particularly Americans, because they don't know the, the wealth and riches that we have here. They, they just assume that the whole world is like this, and there is no other place in the world like this country. Well, I'm a, I'm a Cuban refugee. My family lost everything, and we started from scratch here. So I know what it's like to lose, and I also know what I have here. And I, we've been very, very lucky. The U.S. has been, uh, it's our home, and that's, they're actually going back this fall for the first time. And that's really going to be an experience for my parents. Since they've opened up the relationships a little bit, that's great. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here. I've been here a long time now. I'm more American than anything else, really. Sure. And But I obviously cling to uh, the values and the culture that I, I came from and respect it. I think that's what's been great about Star Trek, a lot of good Latino actors and have become directors. Roxanne Dawson, in particular, who I've interviewed, has been a great director for Star Trek. She directed me in a couple of episodes. Was, uh, I've, I've enjoyed Roxanne a lot. You know, I hope to work with her again. She's, uh, she's a great lady. Well, there's a lot of really good people on Enterprise, and I'd like to really see it uh, fly. I know it's very tough out there. Star Trek kind of enjoyed a good existence for a while where there wasn't as much competition. Now there's a lot of competition, and you really have to come with your A game, and it's not easy when you're trying to find your way. I want to thank you for taking the time, and it's, you know, keep doing, the, I want to see Admiral Forrest again. If not, we'll keep looking for those foreheads. Actually, before we go, I do want to uh, talk about uh, the uh, the song you have, the Enterprise Blues. You know, I have this silly little song, actually several silly little songs, that uh, I started writing for the conventions, because uh, the first one I went to, I was told I'd have a little chat with the audience. I was expecting 60 people. I walked out on stage, and there were 3,000 people in the audience both knees started to shake and I, I realized that I had to have something to talk about or entertain them in some way so I learned to play the ukulele I wrote these uh, silly little songs and I do the uh, harmonica with it and it, everybody seems to love it so uh, the Enterprise Blues is my story in is set to music so, if you get a chance, you ought to hear it. I did hear it last night at the cabaret. I loved it. I thought it was great. The only thing is, I, I, I thought you played the mouth harp pretty well. I wanted to hear more of that. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Play this on your show sometime. Just handed him a CD, by the way, so if he doesn't play it, I want you all to call in. I interviewed Linda Park two weeks before the original show premiered. Ah, it was so good to see Jamie Cromwell on that show, who I met during First Contact, where he played the same character, just from Cochran. And then I spoke to Dominic last year, um, or, they, or the year before when they had shot Minefield and Scott threw out his back. It was just really bad for Scott, but it was a great episode. So I've been with them every step of the way, and Deep Space Nine, I was there for them and covered the last few movies. I was at the Nemesis Junket, Insurrection, First Contact, didn't make it to Generations, and then Deep Space Nine, those actors, the original series, I've spoken to a few people, so I've spoken to at least one actor or writer or producer from every Star Trek series that's ever aired. Excellent. We need a lot more of you, <laughs> particularly these days when we seem to be waning after 30 years of uh, Star Trek. It, uh, you know, we need to, to some promotion out there, and uh, I thank you. I love Star Trek. I grew up with it. I never thought I'd be doing this in connection to Star Trek, but it's been a, an incredible experience. 
even if the show is over, it's not going to be over as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it is that gift that keeps on giving. I mean, they will play it forever, I believe. It's got a great message. I think the basic point is that even though you have this kind of forehead and I got this kind of ears, we can all tolerate each other and get along with whatever kind of uh, uh, society that would generally clash with us. We can find ways to understand and get on with life. And I think that's kind of what it's all about. And it's a message that need be told. And I don't think anybody tells it quite like Star Trek. So I think it should be on forever. That's the appeal it's always had with me. And that's why I will watch and keep watching. I'll, I'll admit they stumble. But the premise is still there, and I like this crew. I like what you know. I like the people they are. I like the actors who are behind this crew. Scott Bakula is probably the kindest, most professional actor I have ever met on any set. He always knows his lines. He's always sure that he knows everybody's name that is on the set. If he sees an extra who he hasn't met or has met once or twice, he'll go to the uh, the uh, assistant director and say. Can you tell me his name again? And then he will always address that man by his first name. So, man or woman, makes the set a joy to be on. They are generally happy to be in each other's company. Couldn't work on a better show. Well, they've done a lot of good things. I love the design of the new Enterprise and how they kind of just took our technology and kind of moved it up a little bit to kind of match the beginning of the original show. Very cleverly done, and I, I really hope they will find their way again. I hope so, too. And I hope it includes Admiral Forrest. Can't wait for the movie because they can't do that without Admiral Forrest. So send those cards and letters. Well, thank you so much again. Hope you enjoyed my vintage conversation with Vaughn Armstrong. Kind of Mr. Alien on Star Trek. Certainly has played his share, but didn't have to wear any makeup for Admiral Forrest. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm George Decay, and I listen to Sci-Fi Talk. <laughs> 